Podcast. Backbeat Podcast aims to bring the behind the scenes of the Australian music industry to the audience with an entertaining yet honest and transparent look into all facets of the industry, all while bringing new local music to new ears. Hello everyone and welcome back to the Backbeat Podcast. Today we are speaking with Kath Harrity. So Kath is the Executive Director of the Association of Artist Managers. She is also an artist manager herself, her own management company. She is an ambassador for APRA AMCOS and Support Act and a member of the board for Music Victoria. So welcome Kath, uh, how are you doing? Thank you, good, good thank you. We're, you know, pretty excited down here in Melbourne where I'm based. Um, you know, luckily we have some wonderful freedom after our big stage four lockdown and, you know, everything's feeling pretty positive at the moment. Um, and while I'm here, I'd, I'd love to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land that I work on, uh, which are the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. Beautiful. Thank you for that. So can you explain your role and what the AAM actually is? Because we, we kind of, it's actually kind of new to us as well. Yeah, no, uh, it's great that you asked that question. The, the AAM or the Association of Artist Managers is the uh, key peak body for artist managers predominantly in the contemporary music space uh, here in Australia. National organisation um, has existed for some years now, um, has over uh, 300 members and they range from the most established artist managers in Australia who represent um, the biggest artists artists in, in the country, right through to emerging artist managers who are just starting out. Um, there's, a, there's a great breadth of experience, diversity within our membership, um, and we are the second biggest uh, artist manager peak org uh, internationally. Um, we're also plugged into uh, the International Music Managers Forum, which is the sort of overarching body internationally for all artist manager peak bodies around the world so yeah we're um we're you know we've got a very uh wonderful and uh very vibrant and very connected uh community awesome awesome so what is what's your role at the aam yeah and I'm um, the executive director, so uh, I'm sort of at the at the helm, and I answer to a board uh, of ten people who are all artist managers, um, wonderful artist managers. Our chairperson or chair people are Greg Carey from Grow Yourself Up, who manages the Rubens amongst many others, wow. and uh, Rick Chasen, um, who is from Ground Control Management and uh, uh, manages um, Emma Louise and many others as well so it's it's a really amazing board um we you know work on a number of different things from uh, our external advocacy um and uh promoting our you know our craft yeah. as artist managers um uh and also uh that of our artists as well um who are very important to us and at, at the backbone of what we do um we also provide uh a number of professional development opportunities for our members, one of which is um, currently rolled out nationally over the last six months, which is a collaboration with Support Act, um, a program called Give Me Shelter, which is um, an early intervention mental health 
and wellbeing uh, program, which has a number of different elements to it um, and runs for about two and a half months. Uh, it's a big commitment for an artist manager who is generally very time poor, but the um, the tools that it arms each of those artist managers with are absolutely invaluable and particularly in, in our post-COVID world. Um, one of the key elements of that program is actually a mental health first aid accreditation, which um, is absolutely key when you look at all of the um, the the data around uh, mental health, uh, you know, problems and challenges that our artists have, and indeed our own artist managers have within that. Um, this program is has been invaluable for them. That's so interesting. So, can you explain to me what the mental health first aid thing is? Because that sounds really cool. Yeah, it's it's amazing actually. There's there's an element of um, uh, pre uh, pre work that you have to do. So, um, and then there's a, a, a virtual delivery, virtual program delivery that you take, um, which is you know two different um, two and a half you know hour classes that you do virtually with with a trained uh, mental health first aider yep. um, instructor, and that is um, a pretty uh, amazing course because it, it does give you actual accreditation for two years yeah. to become a mental health first aider. So um, it, it arms you with uh, techniques. Um, it also arms you with knowledge in order to, you know, make the best um, decisions and assessments for uh, people around you who you think might be experiencing mental health crisis. Um, and, of course, as, as I said, in this post-COVID environment and particularly with everything that we've been through within the contemporary music industry uh, and uh, particularly our artists, uh, it's it's tools like those that we really need um, and, you know, everybody within our sector really needs for their own well-being as well. Yeah, for sure. Is that something that could be accessed by just anyone? Because I would absolutely be interested in yeah. taking a course like that, hundred percent. That too. Well, it's interesting yeah. you should mention that because up until this term, so we've we've run four terms of it, and we've been given uh, uh, funding to be able to provide it to you know uh, nearly two hundred people um, within our community. But we've now decided in our last term. Um, which we currently are um, opening for expressions of interest, um, that we're opening it up to everybody within the music sector. Um, so anybody who wishes to undertake it can undertake it. Um, you just have to go to our website, which is the www.aam.org.au. Yeah. Um, and you, literally on the homepage is, is you know, a click button to register your interest um, for the next intake, which will be running through to um, the beginning of next year, right through to April of next year. Awesome. So, and that's something, yeah, we could definitely, like, share that on yeah. our socials as well. We'd yeah, it would be, be wonderful that. if you did because I just think it's so valuable and there are so many elements to that program. There's, you know, mindfulness practices, there's... Um, you know, training in con um, conflict management situations yeah. as well, which is really handy for us as artist managers. And also um, uh, a session with a clinical psychologist to talk about sort of creative personalities and 
uh, and actually delving into your own personality as well and, and where your strengths and weaknesses are. Um, right. That's so interesting. So mm-hmm. on that on that train of mental health stuff, um, obviously it's, it's hugely important, especially in the industry that we all work in. Have you, because we tend to talk about mental health in almost every episode, it's, it's, it's a really important aspect for us. Um, mm-hmm. Have you had any personal experience? What's your perspective with everything that's going on with mental health in the music industry, things like that? Oh, yeah, intimately. Yeah. Um, I think that mental health, the, the mental health challenges that we're going to um, be seeing, and we've seen but will increase over time, um, are probably one of the biggest um, issues we have to face mm-hmm. um, as not just as, as a, a music sector but I think beyond that as, as a society, as a yeah. community at large. Um, and for me, I, I encounter those challenges probably on a weekly basis, mm-hmm. uh, not just with my own artists, with others within the industry, so music professionals, it's not just artists. Yeah, yeah for sure. Um, other artist managers and, you know, indeed myself, you know, I, I have struggled, you know, with mental health challenges as well over time. So I, I do intimately understand and I think it's very rare actually to meet somebody who hasn't had those challenges yeah, absolutely yeah absolutely especially in this industry as well it's very prevalent 100 yeah. and and i actually would go a step further and i think you know in the community at large it's a much mm-hmm. bigger issue than than we actually even fully understand mm-hmm. i think um there are some really interesting stats that have been thrown around that i i've you know cited over time and it becomes evident that, you know, through our lifetime, you know, there's a greater proportion of the population rather than not mm-hmm. who experience yeah. some level of challenge yeah. in that mental health space. It's unfortunate that that's basically the norm Absolutely. Now. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. It is. Um, and it's something that, that obviously we we all reflecting on a lot more now and mm. – uh, as I said, p- particularly moving forward as, you know, our as what was normal before COVID-19 ceases to become normal, there is no normal anymore. There's yeah. there's um, a new normal which we haven't quite worked out mm. and we're, it's still mm. evolving. And for me, that can really rock people. It, it can rock the very foundation of their being, you know, value, their value system can be completely challenged by that shift, that societal shift that's happening mm-hmm. and the way that that um, then parlays back into, you know, our creative space is really interesting and I'm, I'm going to be very interested to see what kind of creative works we see um, mm-hmm. coming from our community over the next you know, 12, 12 months to two years because I think it'll be really incredible groundbreaking stuff. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. There have been, I know, like so many artists have been releasing their music throughout like this pandemic and a lot of that is drawing inspiration from what they've experienced through the pandemic as well and I think that's going to continue to shine through musicians' music for a while. Like definitely. 100%. Such a great reflection of um, what, what's going on in our in our community yeah absolutely um all right so 
Could you maybe give us a, a day or a week in the life of Kath Harity, maybe maybe pre-COVID or, or both, um, just to give our listeners an idea of what kind of tasks and responsibility you personally might undertake in um, your roles? Yes, so I am, because I have a couple of different roles that I move between, uh, my my day every day is completely different. Mm. Um, I have uh, rediscovered the art of paper and pen Mm -hmm. and I've loved it, the idea that I can just write down, take everything out of my head and just put it down on paper has been really, really um, crucial for me getting through each day. Yeah. Uh, obviously, it's um, changed markedly in the last two weeks since mm. the end of stage four lockdown here in Melbourne. Um, mm-hmm. Before that, I would have had almost a Groundhog Day existence um, <laughs> involved dealing with various um, family things before the day even started. But um, my day is is largely made up of, um, of phone calls mm-hmm. and emails, uh, a lot of problem solving. I think uh, the majority of what I do is, prob- is problem solving, um, strategizing, and scheduling, um, particularly when it comes to uh, the changing nature of what's happening in our um, live sector, as well as things start to open up. My days, I've had shows and festivals flying at me at last minute for some of my artists yeah, now, yeah. which never yeah. happened two or three weeks ago, yeah. but have 24 to 48 hour turnarounds for answers. Yeah. And then mobilising artists who haven't played in months and months and months and trying to work out um, even things that we took for granted before COVID, like um, can somebody from Melbourne fly into Adelaide? Can somebody from Perth fly into Adelaide? What are the quarantine issues that we may face? We've all we've we've actually had to develop new ways of working. We've had to develop COVID waivers. We've had to redo all of our hospitality riders. Um, obviously, things like um, hand sanitizer or face masks may be required yeah. for some of our artists um, on their riders now. Um, having open platters of food, mm. a kind of you know now it's those just those little things. Those little that things, yeah. We don't even think about um, how many guests can you have. Back Backstage or not? Yeah. Um, how you know? How's everybody feeling? Is anybody sick? And all of those things that you probably never had to quite worry about before. Um, and that's been really interesting for us. Uh, but one thing I can say is that the it, the release of music over this time, as you've said, as you said before, it's just been prolific. Yeah. Uh, there has been this just uptick and this upswing in artists just making music and just wanting to get it out there and and and, and still produce mm. create work and I think that's really wonderful and uh, for me it's it's been great because we've been able to innovate and do things a little bit differently through this time and find ways of connecting with fans and audiences um, without having to solely rely on going out on the road and mm. playing a show. Yeah. So what would be the favourite part of what you do? Hmm. <laughs> Question. Uh the, the favourite part of what I did 
before this point was always going to a live show. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was experiencing that merge of um, all these people you don't see and you, but you're talking to, the audience, the fans, yeah, yeah. the community, coming together in one room with your artist and seeing that interaction between the two and feeling the energy. There's mm. nothing like it. It's the most exciting thing. And, yeah. you know, it's, it's brought me to tears before, you know, being being in a space and feeling that sort of unified energy. And so not having that, I actually think um, there's been some really exciting things that we've done virtually that I never would have thought would be interesting but have really given me just moments of real joy. Mm-hmm. Um, and, again, sort of doing life um you know, live uh, performances online and seeing, uh, you know, uh, audiences interact directly with the artist through chat functions and stuff. Even that has been really wonderful to really feel that. Um, yeah. That we're connection. So, well. We're so lucky to have technology. Oh, my God. <laughs> I know. And it's really been... Um, it's really been brought to the fore. No, it was always super, super important, but... Yeah. I think now you realise that connectivity in a time where you couldn't connect in any other way, at least we had that, Mm. you know, we had that ability to see each other virtually or talk to each other virtually. Um, Mm -hmm. It was amazing how how quickly artists could adapt to that as well. Like as soon as like shows were cancelled, they're like, yep, no worries, I'll do a live stream, that's fine. Like like the Ice Aid Aid festivals as well, like, yep, let's do this. It's, It's been amazing. Yeah, absolutely. And then things like Isolade, just amazing. And again, so good um, for connecting people in a time where they so desperately, everybody so desperately wanted that connection. Um, so mm-hmm. any any sort of um, any initiative or any way that we could deliver that, I think that was probably the main um, the main driver of what we've been doing over the last six months and particularly with the AAM same thing connecting connecting people you know artist managers so often work in silos they don't um, have anybody to um, to bounce ideas off unless they're working in partnership and so being able to bring um, members together and have them be able to talk to each other virtually and lean on each other in a way um, and us to lean on us was really um, that's actually like the perfect segue into what I was going to ask next so the AAM has just recently launched a few programs for artist managers um, the first is the grow program which is a brand new program aimed at women in artist management and then there's also the annual co-pilot program which is open for just any Victorian artist managements of any level could you maybe tell us a little bit more about each of these programs because they sound really exciting yeah, um, well, GROW is um, a really excellent and super, super important one for us. Um, and we, uh, with, I guess, the current crisis in the contemporary music industry, um, and, you know, we wanted to uh, continue to promote gender equity. Um, and we could see through various studies that we had um, come across and also our members' survey from uh, earlier this year that uh, there was really a a greater group of um, both women, those who identify as women, and non-binary people that were 
probably in a lot of ways disadvantaged within our sector um, in many different ways. And so we decided and our professional development manager, Trina Massey, is amazing and she put this together in conjunction with us, a three-month digital mentoring program consisting of peer-to-peer mentoring and group webinars with leaders in the fields of law, business and mental health and wellness. And it's designed using that research that we've just discussed. Um, It's focused on delivering increased business insight, cross-industry connection and peer-to-peer professional mentorship. So it's specifically aimed at enhancing, supporting and empowering those managers. Mm -hmm. Um, And for us, we, you know, we're really proud in conjunction with Creative Victoria to be presenting this as a a pilot program. Um, So we have 15 spots for participants. Anybody who is an artist manager, they don't have to be a member of the AAM. It can be anybody who is an artist manager can apply for this uh, mentorship. And they'll also receive a bursary mm. um, at the end of this of mm-hmm. uh, $3,000. So, wow. which will go towards them being able to build their business. Yeah. So, it's a wonderful yeah. opportunity. Yeah, 100%. Mm-hmm. So, it's everything, it's going to cover everything from time management to business planning to diversifying income. You know, the art of law, there'll be individual one-on-one coaching sessions um, with experts in that in the, the fields. Um, and, yeah, we really, really encouraging as many people as possible to apply. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, why, why do you think there is a lack of gender diversity in artist management? Like, what, what kind of barriers do you believe are holding women and women identifying and non-binary people, like, holding mm-hmm. them back from these positions? Hmm. Um, I think that is changing. Uh, We still see, even within our membership, that there is still uh, a majority uh, male slant in that gender split. But that's that's very quickly changing. We're seeing that change over time. But what we are finding, and, and this is what we found, I guess, from our management data from our last member's survey, was... You know, over um, you know, seventy nine percent of female artist managers supplement their management income with other jobs. That's yeah. a that's a lot of uh, members. It's a lot of uh, female and female identifying artist managers who can't seem to cross their business over to you know a full time pursuit. So we want to provide the foundation for them to do that through this. And yeah. I think that, yeah, it is a, ha- a historical hangover, but I think it is something that is very quickly changing and um, we really want to play a part in that. Yeah, absolutely. It's funny you say that because um, me and Jamil actually met through studying at Collarts and we oh. were both doing, yeah, we are both doing the entertainment management course and it was actually a completely female-dominated course. Like, yes. I think we outnumbered male like three men. <laughs> yeah, towards yeah. the end of the course, there was barely any of them. Cause, so there's, there's absolutely, like, 
there's so many girls out there wanting to do this. It's just like I guess that next that next leap mm. into like making it I guess monetary, you know, making it like a livable established a livable and- job as well, more than just a passion. Yeah. yeah. And and we also have found that um, 35 seems to be quite a crucial age for women in artist management. So there seems to be um, a lot of women that seem to arrive at that point in their lives and decide to drop back from artist management. So the idea is how do we continue to create a pathway Mm-hmm. Um, a legitimate pathway that that is achievable for as many women as possible, whether um, they, you know, and, and also supporting them in whatever cho- life choices they make, whether they choose to have families or not, mm, whatever yeah. choice, giving them the ability to feel um, supported to have those things um, within the career um yeah also been i think very very hard up until this point and the other thing that we we found through our survey earlier in the year is that female managers you know around 50 59 percent of them earn less than thirty thousand dollars from their management business that's shocking a minuscule amount yes so we need to look at why that is the case and we need to continue to forge forward and 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 create you know as as many ways to scaffold them to be able to do it yeah it's it's such a critical job as well like Mm -hmm. you know where would where would some band and artist be without their managers it's it's a massive job. Yeah, know? absolutely. And, and we want to better and co-pilot as a part of this as well, the co-pilot program, which is a core program for us and is actually a mentor-menteeship um, uh, and a wonderful program that also provides and ex- extends and supports growth mindset um, and also um, bus- business acumen as well. But that program um, is also just as important for all, um, uh, all and is incredibly inclusive in that sense. And I would encourage people to also look to apply for that because that also comes with a bursary mm. at the end. Mm-hmm. And I think um, it provides a lot of really useful information and fi- foundational um, information as an artist manager to become mm-hmm. a better one. Absolutely. Yeah, we were looking through the um, – there was a press release we got sent for all of these uh, programs, and there was a few stats in there. Um, the ABC by the Numbers 2020 showed that women musicians make up only 24% of radio airplay, which is mm-hmm. nuts because it's not something that I've ever really noticed until it's pointed out. Mm-hmm. Um, like, we, we obviously we're, we're aware that um, – you know, men versus women and non-binary, there's, there's this massive, you know, ratio issue. But actually listening to the radio and, and being told and realising that is a whole other thing. Um, and while we were at Call Arts as well, one of our um, teachers, lecturers, whatever, um, Chrissy Vincent, um, yeah. was, yeah, involved in her FMAM campaign to feature more Australian music on our local airwaves. Um, mm. And that made a... a wonderful campaign, that yeah. one. Yeah. See. Yeah. Yeah. Um, mm. And it's not necessarily women specific, more local music specific. Um, but why do you think it is that we aren't as supportive of our own creatives? Like we're known as a culture with uh, the tall poppy syndrome and everything. Um, it's just odd to me. 
Yeah, that is. Um, I think that 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 becomes a much deeper question, and um, probably has there's a there's a lot of historical reasons for that mm. as well. I think. Um, Yes, we've always uh, struggled against that. I think as time's gone on, and even I've seen this in in my um, career in music over 25 years, that it has changed. Mm. And to a degree, it's improved. And in other ways, it's actually gotten worse. Um, Mm. I remember a time, and, and of course I... I was living through this in, you know, the the late 90s and early 2000s, there was just such a tight and well-respected group of Australian musicians who played extraordinary music that people were really loyal to and committed to that got airplay, um, Mm -hmm. official radio airplay, um, not just an, an expectation that, you would have one pathway through Triple J. Um, mm, yeah. There were multiple pathways with radio. The argument would now be that those um, traditional methods of uh, actually accessing music have changed drastically and we now have this whole other world that exists online. Um, and then obviously, you know, this this great um, increase increased proliferation of people accessing streaming services to, you know, to discover music and obviously um, various other social media platforms. So I think technology has played a massive, massive role in um, diversifying uh, the way people access Australian music. And by proxy, has left us feeling that maybe um, it's harder to uh, make make that mark mm. as an Australian artist. Mm. Um, and I agree to some degree, it is harder, much harder yeah. as a young artist now than it probably ever was for that yeah. reason. But there are exciting things about it too. Um, and I think, you know, if you if you can take the time to learn and understand and harness um, the, di- the digital technologies, yeah. um, I think that there's a lot of opportunity as well. Yeah. It's interesting because we've grown up like, I guess, our generation, me and Gabby and the, young, the current younger people, we've sort of grown up like merging ourselves with that new modern technology and social media and everything. But even then things like marketing courses and and social Mm. media courses, there's so much that we still don't quite understand how to best use. Yeah. hundred percent. And it constantly moves, right? Yeah. So you, you're constantly chasing, you know, chasing the next big thing thing and trying to understand it and get your head head around how it works and how best to utilize it Um, Mm -hmm. and it changes Mm. so that's that's a challenge we have it really is yeah we'll have to just keep our wits about us (laughs) (laughs) and also rely on all of these opportunities to educate um 
and access education. Mm, I think well, that's really, really important. That's interesting because the other side of that is that a lot of people don't bother accessing things like this because either they don't think that it applies to them or they don't think it's worth their time or they don't think that they are worth the education's time, like like that, that they're, they're not good enough to receive that sort of support. Mm-hmm. Yes, confidence has a heck of a lot to do with it. Hundred yeah. percent. Yeah, that that belief that, um, and and particularly, I, I, I've I've heard this from a few people as well that there are studies to indicate that women, um, particularly, have um, issues connecting with and or asking and reaching out for. Uh, achievement mm-hmm. beyond what they think that they're capable of. Yeah, um, absolutely. And that's something that, you know, I know I personally have to address and many, many other um, women I know as well have to address, you know, um, the belief and the confidence in your yeah. ability to do what you do. Yeah, um, yeah. There have absolutely been times where I've been like drafting an email for someone and I've had to send it to Jamil and be like, oh my gosh, do I sound like a bitch? Like, is this rude? Like, I'm just trying to like be yeah. assertive and like, oh my gosh, like, how is this coming off when really, like, that's not why, an issue. why should I even have to worry about that? Yeah. yeah. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. That, that yeah. line too, between being assertive and being yeah. considered to be. A bitch. Um, a bitch. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. know, that, that line is, it's a very, very fine line. Mm. And I think um, we've all probably unknowingly and unwittingly crossed it before. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, but there are different standards. And it's funny, I was um, having a conversation with some wonderful women last night who are very well, well respected in the music industry. And we were talking about this very thing Um uh, have have things really changed you know are women really in positions of power within the music industry and if you really look at it it doesn't seem so Mm. there are some yeah by no means are there enough i think you have to push a lot harder and be like have achieved a lot more to be taken as seriously Mm. which is really shitty (laughs) yeah 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 but i am I, I really, you know, I really believe in that idea of you can't be what you can't see mm. as well. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And so, you know, the more, the more, um, you know, there are women in positions that also step up and encourage and support um, other women to come and join them mm-hmm. in that space, mm-hmm. uh, the better, the better for us all. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so the Music Victoria Awards are coming up really soon. And are you in, are you involved in the awards at all? I'm um I I'm a member of the um, Music Victoria board. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, obviously, there's there's the incredible team which uh, was very recently led by Patrick Donovan um, as CEO, who are driving driving that um, process. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And. Uh, yeah. Love the Music Victoria Awards. It's such an incredible moment for us to celebrate here in Victoria, our community. Mm. Um, yeah, and, and 
I noticed um, Anna Laverty, who's someone you manage, is actually out for two awards, Best Producer and Most Outstanding Woman in Music, which is super exciting. You must be super proud of her. Oh, yeah. she's And she is such oh, she's such a legend, um, Anna. <laughs> she's uh, so wonderful to work with, so smart, uh, so insightful, uh, such an easy, um, easy person to approach with such a beautiful, warm way about her. Um, and she's so good at her job um, as mm-hmm. a producer, as a writer, as a mixer and an engineer. Um, yeah, she's such an advocate and she's such a um, wonderful example of a role model, particularly in that production space where there are mm-hmm. not enough women. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. She is has been a real beacon. Yeah. That's Amazing. So cool. Fingers crossed for her then. Yeah. We um we had a I can't remember what episode it was, but we had an episode with uh Laura Imbruglia, who's oh, you know, involved she's... with Music Victoria as well. Um mm-hmm. so yeah, I think we're just gonna have to get like everyone on the board on at some point. <laughs> and in fact <laughs> yeah. Laura, Laura drives the awards. Yeah. It's it's, it's her baby. Yeah. Um and she, you know, she does an outstanding job yep. um, at doing that because it's not easy. It's a very complex uh, event to put together. Mm. Especially mm. now. Oh, my God. Mm. I, th- I think it was around, yeah, it, w- it would have been around this time last year when we spoke to her. And yeah. she was honestly just so, like, chill about it. Like, oh, yeah, I just do this thing. Like, <laughs> when, like, really, it's just a, it's a massive job. But she's just so, like, eh, yeah, like, humble. It's yeah. crazy. No, yeah, very humble. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. No, absolutely. Mm. And, um, and I love that, you know, the, the awards can still be delivered virtually, but in a really engaging way. Mm hmm. As well, um, uh, and it, and it goes to show you, and I think you know, Big Sound was an example of this as well. Is that you can actually put together a really comprehensive and interesting um, and engaging conference or awards ceremony virtually, mm-hmm. and really open that up and open up the barriers for entry, and allow anybody sitting in their bedroom or their home office or wherever to just click on a link. Yeah. They got a right internet connection and be a part of it. And I think that's great. I would have such bad anxiety managing that because obviously managing a live event is hard enough as is, but but not knowing if the people are actually going to, you know, start streaming <laughs> on time and things like that because you can't be there with them to make sure they are. God, that would be so yeah. stressful. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I think from a live performance perspective as well, you can imagine how there's a whole other set of, of stresses and anxieties around yeah. it that would that are so different to the, the stress and anxiety you would have in a real-life performance. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's that's sort of really interesting as well. But, oh, look, I think um, I, I, I've been really very proud of what, everybody's been able, able to achieve in this in this short time really of turning things around and creating a whole new way of engaging um, and where you know when you think about it in those first sort of four four or five weeks of the pandemic it was so stressful and everybody was so anxious and there was such a level of uncertainty and dismay and disbelief and mm. Um, that we've been able to come from there in March to here yeah. in November. I think it's pretty amazing, really. 
Yeah. Everyone should be really proud. Oh, I think so. Yeah. yeah. 100%. Yeah. I think a lot of things that um, that were, like, implemented and started through this pandemic are definitely going to continue on as well because, as you just said, it has opened up, like, this whole other world to all these people who didn't think that they could be involved in that, like people who can't travel to different states to festivals, I can just get on my computer. Like people who never thought they'd be able to go to Big Sound, oh, I can click on and watch from home. And it's just become this whole other inclusive mm. thing, which is really amazing, you know? Absolutely, yeah. And I think, um, you know, that that's kind of, you know, it's key for, I think sometimes it's it's easy to forget, but, you know, um, art is for all. M- music is for all. You know, anybody anybody can do it. Any Anybody can pick up a, an instrument or use their voice to sing or learn how to write um, mm-hmm. a song. It's uh, there's, there's no kind of, you know, mystery to it, although there is that little bit of magic um, yeah. mm-hmm. in there. <laughs> that little magical sprinkle of who knows what. Um, (laughs) But I do love that idea that that in this time there has been that feeling that, you know, we can all do, we can all do, we can all create. It's it's great to be able to use that as an outlet. Yeah. Yeah, and we can all enjoy as well. Absolutely, you know, the joy. You know, I, I actually reconnected with music in a way that, I haven't done in a really long time over this last couple of months um, and re sort of re re fell in love with it in a way. Mm-hmm. So what would be some advice that you would give to someone interested in artist management or someone who's just getting started and doesn't really know where to go next? Um, I think there's there's a million different pathways to artist management and yeah. that is um, one of the things that makes it, again, a very a, a, a very sort of inclusive and very open um, profession mm-hmm. to get involved in. The AAM um, is a great place to start. Uh, joining the AAM as an associate member um, at the cost of like $99 a year is a really good entry-level way of getting into the community and making connections with other artist managers, um, accessing some of the mentor programs, as we've talked about, resources um, that can really help uh, in, again, building those foundations and helping um, uh, somebody emerging through artist management to, to sort of make them feel like they've got some kind of support network. Yeah. And do you have any specific resources outside of the AAM that you could name that maybe are a, li- a little bit more accessible sort of thing? Oh, yeah. Uh, there, are, there are heaps of um, really good um, newsletters that I get on a regular basis uh, just because they're, they're interesting yep. to follow. Um, the Women's Agenda, I don't know if you've ever come across no. that one. So really awesome, just generally speaking. Um, there's uh, Music Ally, which is a great one for, for music. It's um, one out of the UK, but it's a great newsletter that sort of follows trends and movements in our our space. Yeah. Uh, uh, what else do I look at? Um, I also get um, Sherry Who's newsletter okay well 
who's a really interesting blogger again in in the the contemporary music space, but with more of a, a tech and digital slant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, I think a- um, Amber Horsburgh does uh, the School of Deep Cuts. That's a really interesting one that the VMDO here in Victoria oh. has been running. Um. A, a collaboration actually that we've been involved in with her to deliver a really interesting sort of um, uh, course in how to release music. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, that's a, there's a few there. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Thank you very much for that. Um, amazing. I think we might we might wrap it up there and we'll finish off with um, Kath. What are your top three current Aussie artists? Well, um going to be slightly biased here because each of mm. these artists have probably worked with um, my producers in one way or another or we've yeah. had some involvement with but um, I, I, I'm i loving uh, the new Tash Wolf music I'm hearing coming through I'm, I love Mercy Mercy mm-hmm. um, such an incredible artist I didn't even know that she was Australian for so long Really? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was yeah. in love with her and didn't even know yeah, no, she's she's incredible, and I think you know is is destined for even bigger things than than Absolutely. she already is doing. Um, and of course, G Flip. Yep. I, I just you know I love G. Wonderful human. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hundred percent. I want a drum set. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! Yeah. She's, she's, What's its name? Yeah. Um, uh, uh, I don't know. What was it? I don't know. <laughs> it starts with G. I'm so sure it starts with G. But watching her, actually yeah. watching her play drums, I've always had an obsession with watching drummers. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Watching her yes. play is, is actually quite meditative. Yeah. I find it quite, <laughs> quite relaxing. Yeah. I think she was yeah, the she's first. Probably, oh, you go. Uh, I was just going to say she's probably um, going to be like a massive influence for younger girls who probably want to play drums as well because that's definitely like typically a pretty male dominated instrument so that's that's absolutely awesome yeah that she has rose to the fan that she has Mm. Mm. yeah she's also um which is really funky that she's gotten so big she's also very sort of transparent about the whole lgbt community stuff because obviously she mm-hmm. had a girlfriend for quite a while and everything, and I think that's a, a huge thing that people look up to as well is, you know, going out and doing your thing and being, yep. being yep. okay being with yourself. that. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, she's yeah she's been an incredible role model. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 100%. I just remembered as well the drum kit's name is Jeromo. <laughs> <laughs> Jeromo? Yeah. <laughs> so cute. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Thank you so much, Kath, for coming on and chatting with us. We have absolutely enjoyed it. Just a wonderful insight as well into the industry. Mm-hmm. We've really appreciated it. So, so much for having me. Absolutely. Really absolutely. We love hearing from our music professionals. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. All okay. right. Awesome. Thank okay. you so much. Thanks, Kath. Take Thank care. You. See ya. Bye. Bye. Bye.